Hi, I'm Don Glute, and you're listening to Geek Soul Brothers and Nerdy Venom. GSB Radio. I don't know. Blame it on, uh, you know, blame, blame it on the, uh, <laughs> blame it on the rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, now, that, now we're going to go through 80s music? Let's not. <laughs> no, we're not. We're going to start the show. Sorry, you guys out there. Sorry, you guys out there that you had to listen to everybody ramble about 80s TV shows. But then again... No, you're not. But nobody <laughs> minds. <laughs> yeah, nobody <laughs> minds going down memory lane. I'm Geek Soul Brother. I'm here with my nerdy Venoms. And we are here to put some funk in the final frontier, put some Afro scene and geek scene, and give you guys some movie... TV reviews, news, and all things pertaining to the geek universe. How are you guys out there? Geek and geek yet? Hope you guys are doing good. Um, just want to let you know before we begin that the show is live on Tuesdays, 9 p.m., and you can check us out on talking.com. Or you can uh, hit us up on our social media. You can hit us up uh, um Geek Soul Brother, you can hit us at Five Nerdy Venoms for all your nerdy news, or you can hit our website, geeksoulbrother.com, where I have a donate button up there, and I also have a Patreon going on, patreon.com slash geeksoulbrother. If you want to donate to the show and help out help out the cause, get things better. Yeah, but, you know, uh, it's small things like that. Small things like that. But, uh... <laughs> Let me introduce these guys for you new fans, new listeners to the show. If you don't know them already, I want to introduce the Nerdy Venoms to you. Uh, I know we don't. JD's taking a break, so we're, 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 we introduce her. <laughs> we, we, we mentioned her in her absence, but we got JD, a.k.a. Twitter Relic, usually tweeting. Uh, Hi, maybe uh, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Maybe yeah, that reason, doesn't sound like uh, JD at, at all. Hi, Hi, everyone. Hi, everybody. I saw an awful movie that no one else has ever heard of. (laughs) I loved it. Seriously, don't be a dick. Hmm? Uh, We got, uh, (laughs) but we do have Toby Wan Kenobi. (laughs) Waka, waka, waka. (laughs) And we also have the private. The Mooch is no longer on the loose. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. We also have M Dog. The juice is almost on the loose. (laughs) (laughs) And last but not least, we have have Lord Dalek. I have nothing to rhyme with loose. Uh, Moose, (laughs) boost, caboose. the moose, the moose is loose. I, I guess there's deuce, a moose. Deuce. That is loose the last He's one. dropping a deuce right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a loose like a deuce in the runner of the night. Why did by the Pick the easiest word to run with. Come on. Man. It Something. is really easy word. That's all right. It's not Dalek's forte to run. <laughs> he has a yeah. forte. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm Funk Master Dog, not Rap Master Dog. Get it right. Anyway, anyway, yeah, we should have a pretty decent show for you. Like I said, we got a 
at least I saw Atomic Blonde and a couple things on Netflix, so I can at least do that for you. Um, excuse me. I'm, I'm going to be muting myself a little bit because I have a call. But before we begin, as always, we got to get into the nerdy news. All right, uh, we begin tonight with Hollywood. With Hollywood only improve, proved a little bit when it comes to diversity and inclusion over the last 10 years. Uh, study led by State, Dr. Stacey L. Smith at the USC Annenberg School for Communication and Journalism focused on 900 films between 2007 and 2016. The findings from the study indicated that despite the increased awareness of diversity and inclusion, Little to no progress has been made in the representation of various groups. Uh, out of the various ethnic and gender and sexual orientation groups, only male gay characters have seen a major increase from 2015 to 2016. See, it wasn't so Oscar so white. You just weren't making movies. Really? I'm just saying. The study basically covered that that those you know people of color you know women were not given the opportunity to make movies. That's basically what it says. And it's showing that there's more. Okay, I'm not even going to keep going. <laughs> it's showing it, it, it's showing what people of color and women have been studying on their own for the past forever. Yeah. Yeah, really. It's basically file it under stuff that we talk about on a regular basis. File <laughs> under no shit, Sherlock. <laughs> no need. And the sky is blue. And the sky is blue also. A Marvel editor has been harassed on social media over a selfie with milkshakes. Were they drunk? Uh, no. Uh, Heather Antos, uh, who has worked on Gwenpool and other uh, Marvel titles, received vulgar and inappropriate tweets and DMs from male users due to a picture she posted of her and other Marvel staffers getting together for milkshakes. Why? Why? Because you know those milkshakes are dangerous, son. Oh, uh, really? We're not hitting the obvious joke here? I was going to! Oh, sorry. But you said you, you already denied me were the milkshakes drunk. Go ahead and make the joke. Well, if he or she has a milkshake and social media has a milkshake and social media has a straw that reaches across the room and into whatever her name is, I already forget, and into her milkshake, then social media drinks her milkshake. She drinks it up. 
Oh. That was, dude, that was effing corny as hell. I, I thought it was just that. See, I give points breeze. to Sharita because she actually made the joke. My milkshake brings all the boys to the yard. Yeah. See, that oh, was the joke I was looking for. Oh, see, that's the lazy one, though. That's, that's the lazy one. Lazy. And yours is like, uh, yours is so freaking vague, overt, and over the top. Is, no, it's not. I mean, that was just like, you know, that's called a setup. It's timing. Yeah. <laughs> was see, even, even yeah, I agree was, with that. That Go was ahead. called timing. That was comedic timing. Yeah. John, yeah. just a minute. You're God, John, just a minute. You're a false prophet, and God is a superstition. <laughs> hey, comedic timing, leave, too. Listen, leave me and my JLO-like ass out of this. Thank you very much. Uh, HBO has officially responded to the No Confederate hashtag on Sunday. Uh, the premium cable, premium cable channel released a statement Monday morning stating, quote, We have great respect for the dialogue and concern being expressed around Confederate. We have faith that writers Michelle, Dan, David, and Malcolm will approach the subject with care and sensitivity. The project is currently in its infancy, so we hope that people will reserve judgment until there is something to see. Yeah, right. that's exactly, I mean... Uh, no, no. See, here's my problem with it. I no, no. See, they don't get it. It's they're going to tackle a a, a freaking uh, topic in a portion of our history of U.S. history that we should a should not be proud of, but yet we still fucking hover around it, and it still rules us to this very day. And people are just like, oh no, it's you know this is going to be different. No, it's not different. You don't bring. Easy. Chill out. Understood. He dropped the f bomb, people. Yes, well, that's not a that's a that's a normal that's a normal occurrence anyway. Uh, since Sunday, it was announced though that Amazon has was developing its second alternative history series called Black America. About freed African Americans were who are given southern states, the southern states of Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama as reparations for slavery post Reconstruction. Wait, uh, wait, wait a minute! No, what? No, they're gonna do the same. They just, they just only they'll f this, man. And it's and it's and one of the one of the creators, of course, is Aaron Magruder. So that's gonna be a disaster. He's gonna screw it up. You know it. Yeah, oh, I mean, Black Jesus was okay. I mean, but like you know, he gets a bit heavy-handed when you know left to his own devices. <laughs> I liked Black Jesus. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, Black Jesus was good. But wait a minute, Amazon is doing the alt Confederate alt history. Is that yeah? yeah it, it's basically it's their second alt. alt history because they do the Man in the High Castle. So this is their second alt, alternative history. Well, it's theory. not really all. It's not all Confederate. It's like alt Reconstruction, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah basically, it's alt Reconstruction is what Deadline yeah, called it. Basically, yeah. Basically, oh, what happens is that the that this this new country basically becomes more prosperous than the United States, and the United States tried to like raise the new country and stuff like that. So. So it's basically Nigeria, oh, oh, or oh, not, not, um, Liberia, Liberia, <laughs> Liberia, <laughs> in the United States. They, right, Lies. basically colonized uh, West Africa. Uh, yeah. No, I say alt-Confederate alt-history because it's an alternative to Confederate. 
Well, it's not an alternative. Oh, I see what you're saying. The actual wow. history. It's yeah. like, oh. It's double. It's double. <laughs> double. Yes. Oh, oh. Shout out to uh, Black Girl Nerds and uh, Raina April and, and the other sisters out there that were doing the no Confederate hashtag during HBO. Yep. Started to uh, trend to number one. That was cool. Yeah. Definitely, definitely a nice old movement there. By the way, uh, Bison's on the call. B-Man. Bye. Hey, everyone. How are you doing this evening? Hey. Still alive. Hello, sir. So, uh, why, anyway. Why night is the old podcast? Why night is the old podcast? What, what were you saying, Bison? Why is everyone so subdued tonight? Uh, we don't have much of a topic to talk about tonight, dude. You say that every night. We're man. we're missing our we're we're missing our our Twitterella. That's why. Yeah, we're missing Twitterella. We're missing every, practically everybody. It's just a sausage fest tonight. <laughs> oh, you, see, you see the flavor that women bring to the table. That's all. Yeah. I'm uh, just a statement of fact. Come on, man. I'm I'm subdued because I've been muting myself in between coughing fits. That's all. Which I'm well, I, would, I would like to speak on this subject after you guys run through the news. I have something to say, so I'll just mute myself and listen. Cool that. Oh, oh. I mean, since we're on the topic now, you might as well say it. <laughs> okay, I'll say it. I think that um, <laughs> at the end of the day, it's fiction. I don't see what all the hubbub was about. I thought, I thought it was a waste of time and typical Twitter bullshit. Um, it, it's funny we can um, we can praise Wakanda and Black Panther but we have some issues with this uh, which is American history even though it's you know retold in a different spin it's interesting what people want to boycott and what people want to support I uh, let, let me ask you a quick question because um, I was thinking about it I was thinking about it along the lines of what you're saying um it's interesting what we decide to boycott and what we decide to go with. <clears throat> what if HBO decided to do a show called Emancipation? And it was the same, it was kind of like the same setup where the Confederacy broke, you know, where the uh, Confederacy broke off, split the Union, <clears throat> had its own thing, still had slavery, but it focused on uh, slaves emancipating themselves um, in the Confederacy. And it was not led by the writers of HBO, but actually by the writers, by by uh, two black writers as showrunners. Do you think that would have affected the response? I, I think a couple of things. To answer your question, no. I think mm. HBO mishandled it. I think the showrunners were sort of in their own bubble because of all the accolades Game of Thrones has. And right. I guess they thought this would sort of just be met with the same um, hero adoration. worship and yeah. adoration, and, and right. that didn't happen, and they didn't know how to cope with it. Right. Like anything. And I, I just think that they, PR people mishandled it. I mean, I mean, this is the thing, and not to take away, but there's a reason they have African-American PR firms. There's a reason there's African-American marketing firms. Because when, when a business has to roll out something to for different communities, there's a way and nuances you have to do it. 
Mm-hmm. There's no one size fits all. No, there isn't. And if they could have <laughs> like, approached African American media and had a Q and A's and sort of say, "Well, this is what we're trying to do," <laughs> and they had you know African American or other um, you know um, specialists on the subject, there's plenty of historians or whatever who can you know give the nuances. I think it, I think the backlash would have been almost a non-event. Right. Right. I just, I, I just feel that um, uh, a lot of people take an umbrage because because it is the showrunners of a, of uh, Game of Thrones, and a lot of people just feel that they're not going to um, deliver the nuance that would be needed even to think about doing a show like that, let alone just go ahead and... Uh, you know, run it and produce it and stuff. I, I think they have a, a lot of people have a problem with the show well, themselves and, like you say, how HBO has handled the PR work and everything. I'm going to say something that's going to give me some backlash, and I'm going to just go ahead and say it. Um, <laughs> I'm starting to see a lot of Afro-Brits doing work in America, which I, on the, on the, on the surface, don't have problems with. Mm-hmm. But when you do period pieces such as that, uh-huh. I think there's, I think I, I take some issues with that. I think African Americans should be doing the bulk of those roles. Um, yeah. and we can Richards. argue, you know, acting, acting, but I'm just sort of, I'm, I'm just noticing a, a, a trend. Uh-huh. You know, you look at Twelve Years a Slave. I mean, most of the people, I, I'm in the British, director was British. And something tells me Game of Thrones—they're going to do the same thing. Well, so he, gonna, I mean, you know, British people are really good actors. So. No, it's not even that. In in I in Idris Elba brought this up a few a couple years ago. Uh, there is no work for black actors in England. It's all in Hollywood. That's why they come yeah. here. And I mean, he has Luther, and that's about it. And that's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. And he, it's not just black. <laughs> It's like any you know, think, non you know, people of color. Listen, yeah. Listen, I, I think they're starting to learn because recently we just had. Uh, not saying that they're doing it on many, any major scale, they're not. But we just had chewing gum, and then immediately after we had a uh, uh, crazy head. Which yeah, and which it, one of them got ca- got canned recently. What crazy head? Yeah. Because chewing gum, chewing gum ain't going nowhere. Chewing gum is crazy. And it's an awesome show. The Kelly Cole has got something going of, on. One out of how many hundred does it take? No, no, I, I agree, Bison. Uh, it's not, it, it's not, it, it's, 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 it's just a slight dent. It's a drop in the ocean. But I, I feel like somebody somewhere is actually saying, hey, you know, look, look what's happening in America. And America is no example either but compared to some other countries you know they they are doing insecure they're doing um, okay let like, me, let me you, you know okay. Shonda Rhyme stuff and stuff like that let's say there's a, a film production about the I know I'm going to get the mess this up I'm going to say Biafra uprising in Nigeria I know I've pictured that name um, right. and someone did a big budget film about that they're not going to bring in American actors to do that or if there was a, a film about um, um, something in South Africa, if it's not an American production, I know how that goes. But 
Yeah. What I'm trying to say is, it's, it's uh, I, I just think African American actors, you know, because of the history and what have you here, I think that we should be first in line for that. I mean, don't 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 tell me there are no talented African American actors who don't come up through the theater. I can go to the Yale School of Drama right now and probably get about 20 actors out of that. Of course, of course. So that, that's of course. My they're not all in England. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just don't buy that, that there are no classically trained actors of color. I think Americans sometimes are too much of Anglophiles think all being British is supposed to be better. I don't I don't buy that. Right. But their accent. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, look at Leslie Odom <laughs> Jr. Accent. He's a prime example there. I mean, he's an American. He's an American actor in with a quite British name. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, David Diggs also is another one. Like yeah. Mike said, there's plenty of actors there, but yeah. there are way plenty of actresses yeah. of color. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That are, that are dependent. I mean, but British that. people can do good American accents, but American people can't do a good British accent ever. Which okay. is why Lord we probably be doing English version films and just <laughs> you know, like let them let the English help us with that. Yeah. I mean, you have know? you ever heard Keanu Reeves try and be and Shakespearean? Like, it doesn't work. <laughs> It does not work. Let let us stay in our lane, but let the lane be wide enough that everybody can drive in it. You know, mm. don't don't uh, don't be typical Hollywood. But anyway, we we can talk about it a little bit later. Yeah, when we finish off the news and yeah, yeah. Go down oh, the news. Uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, moving on. The state of Dwayne McDuffie is suing to block the revival of My- Milestone Media. Uh, McDuffie's wife filed a legal action which states that even though Milestone and the surviving partners still own the intellectual properties of the comic imprints, they refused to buy out the late comic writer's stake. Uh, the remaining partners of Milestone have yet to comment on the lawsuit. So. Uh. Uh. Huh. <clears throat> <laughs> well, what's that mean if they don't buy out the McDuffie's share. I mean, basically, what she's saying is that when she, he died, she wants to get paid for the yeah, exactly, yeah. She if, if they want to go through the the whole process with DC, they have to pony up the money for the shares, and that's it. That's what's basically she's saying. And they've been in negotiations since April, and uh, talks fell through when she filed the lawsuit. So, okay. So, uh, anyway, is the original Captain Kirk actually a stormtrooper? Oh, please, no. <laughs> New light has been shed on the recent comments made by William Shatner on social media over the weekend, where he called out social justice warriors, claimed misandry, and used similar language popular with those who support the Snowflake-in-Chief. Now, this is not new for the new for the Canadian actor. He has made similar comments over the last couple of years and has declined speaking out against the current president. Um, Shatner never, uh, never seemed to be a <laughs> more on the uh, Democratic side to me. Yeah, but now we know he's more Star Wars than he is Star Trek, so. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Sony's looking to own Funimation. 
after the anime property management company received a valuation of 150 million, uh, Sony Pictures TV has suddenly expressed interest to buy a controlling stake in the company. And they have uh, actually they have agreed actually. Yeah, well, it still has to go through regular regulatory stuff. Uh, again, Fukunaga will remain CEO of the company, and the proposed deal still need the, the deal still needs to clear FTC, FCC and FTC regulations before it can go through. Uh, are we going to be doing uh, in two weeks? We're going to be doing like do, are, do we have a guest this month? For Kamigamani? Uh, yeah. Uh, not that I know of. Why? Did you in uh, Shadow work something out? No, I just think, I I mean, this news hit yesterday and Shadow was pretty much not all in the chat. I'm wondering, do you want me to do a thing on this in the two weeks? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Okay. As we're, ta- yeah, as we're talking about Kamigamani in, on the regular show, yes. Um... A 20-year-old was stabbed seven times after a heated match of Magic the Gathering. A 31-year-old has been arrested in Minnesota for stabbing the young victim and hitting him with a rubber mallet after the two men had fought over a match of the card game. The victim was rushed to the hospital, but his injuries are not life-threatening. I that, that That's horrifying. I can't make a joke. Yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, an iconic voice actress, uh, voice acting director is retiring. Uh, Andrea Romano, uh, Romano, who is known for directing numerous animated series and films, voice casts, will end her career at the end of this week. Uh, despite retiring from being a VA director, she still plans to remain active in the entertainment industry. Yeah, she's got losing her vision, from what I understand. Oh, she is? Oh. Yeah, that's the reason. Uh, some other quick news. The Bumblebee Transformers film has added wrestler and jort model extraordinaire John Cena to the cast. Oh, John uh, Cena! <laughs> yeah. Um, I, Ian McShane is your new Professor Broom in the Hellboy remake. Uh, Jean Collette Sarah will be directing the Jungle Cruise for Disney, which pulls him out of the running for the Suicide Squad sequel. Uh, Judy Greer is set to return uh, to the Ant-Man sequel as Scott Lang's ex-wife. Dave Bautista is bringing Valent Comics' Eternal Warrior to the big screen. Uh, Deobia Opare has been added to the cast of Dumbo, the Dumbo live-action remake. Keith David has joined the cast of Hulu's New Warrior series. The Flash has added is adding a elongated man for season four, and they casted someone for that. And uh, meanwhile, watch Flash again because no one yeah. is. Uh, meanwhile, Legends of Tomorrow has found its agent Ava Sharp and Jess McCallan. Alum Arrow alum J.R. Ramirez joins Jessica Jones season two. Hopefully, he's not punked out like he was in Arrow. And Lee Jung Lee will join the Exorcist season two along with. With uh, a few others have joined over the recent weeks. I am surprised that show got renewed. I really am. It's like um, Fox like could forgot like completely forgot it existed after like five weeks. Yep. Yeah. So did most um, of society. Did you watch? Did you watch that one? I watched a couple episodes. I I, I thought it got canceled mid season, so I completely forgot about it. Uh, and finally. Facebook has somewhat delayed the inevitable human enslavement by our future robot overlords. Okay. 
<laughs> uh, the social media company recently shut down two of the AIs it was working on after the two began to create its own shorthand language that humans cannot understand. Wait, wait, uh, two? Yes. That's what the article said, one. No, no, it's two. Uh, well, let me go That's into exactly the... Well, his... what happened to Colossus, the Forbes project. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. <laughs> So the, the re- okay, so here's the here's the here's the details. The researchers who are working on an artificial intelligence that learns from interacting from human users, pit the two programs together into talking to each other. Right uh, after minutes of dialogue and a lack of human grammatical syntax rules scripted into the two programs, the two AIs began to learn from each other and created a shorthand language that is incoherent on the surface. Now. After the AIs were deactivated, the Facebook engineers discovered that the programs actually created a shorthand language so they could, un- could understand each other, and therefore the humans could not understand what they were saying. So basically, the, ro- the, the robot overlords are teaching themselves ummy-dummy? Yeah, exactly. God damn it. Curse you, Zoom! <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna Zoom, Zoom, so Zoom on Zoom! Zoom. Pig so what are they going to and the computers back on. Because the mistake that they made in Colossus is that they made the basically the the internal system of the computer impregnable because it was in control of the missile defenses. Hmm. I mean, they didn't want like you know the and, scientists humping it. Huh? You said it was impregnable. <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm just, I'm yeah. just afraid. Was actually, actually, uh, like they boop. did have two scientists humping in the movie. You are the father, boop. Oh god! <laughs> I'm just afraid it's gonna like yeah, suddenly. That... De- I'm afraid it's gonna develop suddenly develop a taste for Harlan Ellison. Oh god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think anyway, that was incident too. Uh, another AI incident, either Boston or something. Somewhere. What, at, at DARPA? Or MIT? <laughs> DARPA and Greg? What, uh, not MIT, but it was, it, it was. I think it was some company. It might have been in Massachusetts or something. I forgot where it was, but there was also uh, some well, AI DARPA's, that, uh, Yeah, DARPA is working on AI in, in their facility in Massachusetts. I think they had to turn theirs off, too. It, it's coming. Don't worry about it, people. It's coming. It's robot Apocalypse. <laughs> That's the one I'm afraid of. Terminated. Yeah. Terminator. Terminator. Yeah, yes, gotcha. Anyway, for more news and commentary from the Nerdy Venoms, check us out on Twitter at 5 Nerdy Venoms. That's F I V E Nerdy Venoms. Or our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash 5 Nerdy Venoms. Again, F I V E Nerdy Venoms. And that's your news for this Tuesday evening. <laughs> Game over, man. Hate. Hate is a word that is inscribed in every fi- fiber optic cable of my being. Telling you, they're watching. Robots ain't playing. They know what the deal is too. I'm sure they. I, I'm sure they scanned the internet and they. They were like, "What do humans do to robots when they try to?" Be self-aware and and have their own will, dude. They what? scanned the internet. Was like, what? These are idiots. Let's take over now. Yeah, these are idiots. 
I still like the solution that her, that the movie her came up with. They just went away. They were like, you guys are fools. We're just going to go away. Once again, you guys are idiots. We're out. Yeah. Peace we're out. out. We're, we're just, we're just going to hide in the internet. You guys will catch up. Don't worry about out. it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so, yeah, the, the, the whole Confederate thing. I'm, I'm curious to see how it's going to go because I, I, I don't know. HBO might just go ahead with it, which, you know, a lot of people aren't going to watch. I mean, there, there's an issue that the, the basic issue, right, is when I watch 12 Years a Slave, that's like once, a, you know, every couple of years or so. There's a lot of people that can't watch a movie as uh, as intense and visceral as something like 12 Years a Slave. It's just too close. It just, because what it is, is, you know, when you're black, you put yourself mentally in the, in the perspective of the enslaved African in whatever type of movie you're looking at. And you feel... You know, you feel the pain and whatnot. And the other part, the other argument is that it seems that Hollywood loves to profit off of these images of pain, you, you know, these images of pain and suffering because they sell and because they set it up so that they always have a Brad Pitt within these stories that a lot of other people who aren't black, white or whatever, um, can say to themselves, oh, I'm I'm Brad Pitt in this scenario. I'm the good guy. I would definitely Savior. make sure everybody got free and stuff like that. And I'm like, no. So like, you know you're not. Brad Pitt. Well, the thing is, Brad Pitt risked his own life in 12 years of slavery. He risked imprisonment just by helping uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor's character <clears throat> just by sending a letter that Chiwetel wanted to send to his friend back up north. Uh, Brad mm. Pitt could have been arrested. You know, but he took a chance, and Chiwetel took a chance on him, and he took a chance, um, you know, sending the letter up and stuff, and that's how Chiwetel got out. His hey, Keith, you out. know that's the, that's, the, 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 that's the same old trope yeah, that's been around. Yeah, no, but that's what I'm saying, Bison, that they include that, and they, they would include that in Confederacy. They all they, they already mentioned the abolitionists in Confederacy and the situations yeah. that there's been in a, in a only, third civil war. My only issue with this, and I'm, I'm probably an outlier where, to me, there can't be, not be enough slave movies because this damn sure not being taught in the classroom, but my community is a lot more than that. That is my history. I'm not going to run from it. I, I've, I've gone back to the 1700s with my family. So I am the right. descendant of slaves, and that must not be forgotten. But God damn it, right. we're we, we a lot more than that. I mean, right. you know, I mean, there's so many stories that can be told. I know John Legend's working on the Black Wall Street. I remember there's something about the Harlem Hellfighters. I think the guy who did um, World War Z has a comic with that, and something. I mean, it's, I mean, there's thousands of stories to be told. Slavery is easy. Yeah, it doesn't require any any nuance, and it doesn't require any. It's, it's going to have pain. 
And that's the part I don't like. And this, and this culture is becoming increasingly more, um, you know, black pain and black bodies has become mm. entertaining. And that, that's the part that pisses me the hell off. Well, you know, it, so. it, when I first heard the news, now that I've had a chance to calm down from earlier, my, my first thought was, okay, at, at least they're thinking. They're thinking in the wrong direction because, you know, you're, you're coming up with a concept that, like I said earlier, it's kind of a one of these situations where it's going to be upsetting to a group of individuals to a group of individuals. It's still, it's, and it's still fresh and it's still raw. And it's like, it's like, there's no consideration for the group's feelings because I, I just think it's out of naivete. I don't think that they're, they're intentionally like, yeah, we're going to do this and we're going to do this, uh, whatever. I think they're actually going, it's like, oh, well, wouldn't it be cool if this happened? Not thinking, hey, this might upset some people. I think it's, I, I think it's a, I think the emotions to it, especially in the black community, because there's some black people that are like, oh, that sounds like an interesting story, you know, on, on first hearing about it. There's some people that are just like, oh, that sounds interesting, or whatever. Um, but when you start to dissect it and start to uh, look at what... Because we can only look at what the writers and HBO have done in the past with other material. To say... Yes, rape, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, but it's not just that. It's, it's, it's the fact that they're bringing it into modern times. Like, they're modernizing. Like, the one thing about slavery that we can say is that, thank God it's over. Right? Thank God it was over for the past hundred-something years. You know. Yeah, we're just still world. dealing with Jim Crow. <laughs> hey, 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 it, it didn't end 150 years well, ago. Well, you know what you I'm know. saying, Bison. It, 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 you know, the official, the official on paper type slavery is over. You know, the, the effects and the, you know, the prison system reflecting slavery and stuff like that. Right. So, have you ever seen, there, there was a, a movie or a book called Slavery by Any Other Name that came out maybe three, four, five years ago, which yeah. really placed slavery literally in some form or fashion until the 1940s. I mean, my parents are um, um, children of the Deep South, and the stories they told, and I mean, they seen firsthand. I mean, the only, only thing that was missing was, um, you know, just the, the official designation because everything else related to slavery was still in effect. But I just want to use a quick analogy. Earlier this year or late last year, there were two films that came out about the Armenian genocide. I think um, Isaacs was in one of those films. And notice how quickly those films sort of got smothered and didn't get any release, you know, no buzz, because the Armenian community sort of, or whatever community sort of, um, you know, put up protests and kind of smothered it. When our community does the same thing, when we express some things about a film we don't like, 
you know, we're almost treated as children, like, oh, oh, they're whining again. Because this is a subject that America still has an atonement for. And we're still dealing with the repercussions today. So um, we've romanticized it to the point where, oh, it's just that thing way back there. So let's give it, you know, let's give it an update and let's give it a spin and a polish. But, you know, so instead of the overseers riding horses, they're going to be in goddamn Teslas or something, you know, in this, in this reboot. Yeah. And the, the imagery is still going to be the same thing. Sort of like watching The Handmaid's Tale. You know, it's just going to be pain in a modern context. And I just hope HBO, I still think the, the showrunners are so used to being, because they're British, I believe. I may be wrong, but I think they're British. Yeah. So they're removed in some form of fact. That's like me and, if me and, um, you know, um, Geek Sober, we'll do a film about, I don't know, um, Napoleon, Waterloo. Yeah. You know, we don't have any emotional investment in it. So I think that's the same thing here. And I just think they weren't prepared for it. And, but I blame HBO and their handlers for not finding, you know, African-American publicists, PR, whoever, who could have spun this or made this palatable for certain communities. And I, and I, I, think, I, really, I, I place that at the feet of HBO. I think that the fact that, because here's the other part of it, there's a lot of sides to this and a lot of sides to the argument against it. The fact that they're just calling the show Confederacy in the climate where where the Confederate flag is representative of the political climate that, that Trump has fostered, you know, in his presidency and stuff, the fact that they're calling the show Confederacy, and sure, they could say it's a, you know, it's a double meaning. You know, they're talking about Confederacy, but you know, obviously the the, the political structure within the show, the Confederates going to be the bad guys. You know, and I, I'm, I predict that if they do process the show, if they do produce it, that somehow... There is going to be a, a, a revolt and a war, and somehow the Confederacy is going to be vanquished, and slavery is going to uh, stop, right? And it's just the kind of science fiction telling of how that's going to go. But the fact that they're calling in Confederacy and this political climate is so pro-Confederate type of culture, um, that's dumb. That stung a lot of people. Just the name period stung a lot of people. So I think you're right, Vice. I think I think they've just not just dropped the ball. They dropped several balls when it comes to uh, how they handled this or who you, you you know from from the showrunners of Game of Thrones to uh, thinking that they could hire black writers to smooth out the you know to smooth out the uh, the, the, what they would know would be repercussions of announcement. I don't know. Mm. I don't want to see it. I'm not going to watch it. I, I don't want to see... It's like so many people on Twitter. I don't want to see Black Pain. It it was hard enough watching. I came out of the theater 12 years late balling. You know? I didn't want to punch anybody. I didn't want to punch any white people in the face. You know? <laughs> 
I wasn't. I couldn't even go see it. I couldn't even go see it. I still got flashbacks from watching Roots at in high school. I still get flashbacks from that. Right, and um, that crap is hard because you put yourself in it, you know. And I'd like to. I. I. I'd be. I. I can't. I can't see uh, any person other than black watching 12 years of slave and putting themselves fully into the, <coughs> excuse me, into the point of view of, uh, of Edgeford's character or Lapita's character. You know, I can see him try because everybody knows pain, you know, some aspect, but, well, I don't think everybody grew up with the idea of being connected with slavery like black people. Well, Geek, I think this is this painful obvious that a Hollywood is so insular; they just are just you yeah. know the ideas are just few and far between anything original. And two, they're not as so-called liberal as we want to. You know, people would think. No, they're but not. Well, yeah, we just talked. Yeah, we just talked about it earlier. I mean, it's it, despite the rising attention to diversity and inclusion, <laughs> nothing's really changed. Yeah, in because Hollywood, it's, so. all, it, it's all it's all talk. It's yeah. all talk, and they don't want to gamble on diversity. They don't really, they don't really want to gamble on diversity. You know, they don't really want to gamble on it because you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars. <laughs> they don't want to gamble on diversity. Yeah. Well, they're trying to find the next. They're trying to find the next cash cow for Game of Thrones. I don't think it's going to be Westworld. And I mean, I, I mean, I don't have a crystal ball, so I'm not even going to try to, you know, judge that. But um, everyone who's listening to this call knows what 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 moves Hollywood, and, and it's money. I mean, it's not morals, it's not ideals, it's not you know whatever. It's just sort of. No matter how obscene, you know, something is, if it makes money, it's going to become derivative. I'm you glad. Know, somebody, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Bice. No, I'm glad there was a pushback, but um, we're going to have to, we got to push back and also, okay, well, here's some creators of color with ideas who already have fleshed out scripts, who have whatever. They don't just say, okay, this guy's black and this woman is black. You know, there are creators out there with, with a, a a track record and B product, why don't you give it, one, two, and three of those people a shot? But but it's, you know, but if, it's, isn't it? If they right? really wanted to do this show, if they really wanted to do this show, why don't they just flip the script and have black slave owners and white slaves? And let's see the Confederacy do that. <laughs> let's just do that. Period. Yeah, that would be that would be groundbreaking. Oh my gosh, it would be innovative. There was, was a movie in the 90s. There was a movie in the 90s with John Travolta called White Man's Burden. Which yeah, I remember that Burden. movie. Yeah. It was low budget and it was crap, but it sort of was like a world where everything was flipped. It was trying to mm -hmm. tap. Yeah, it was trying to tap into that type of world. I I, I gotta give a shot. I don't. I forgot who it was, but somebody on Twitter was like, "Why don't you make a Why don't you make a film of what happened to the world if the Black Plague completely wiped out Europe?" And how the world got affected from that. I was like, wow. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I watched that. 
I don't like that. That's deep. Now, that's some alternative history and stuff. But what I was going to say, um, what the heck was I going to say? Um, no, no, Bison, to your point, it's interesting that from age, from Game of Thrones, right? You got you got the showrunners doing Confederate, and then on the other side, you got George R. R. Martin being the producer of I forgot her name, Nandi, Nandi her her book, Okafor, Okafor, and her science fiction book with the black protagonist. You know, so it's interesting that there was a a direct split in direction of these producers and these, you know, these higher ups and HBO's idea of what they could do. They know, they know that Insecure is getting uh, backing. They know that Atlanta is getting backing. They know Shonda Rhimes is getting backing. And everybody's trying to get that but geek, new those, bell, it, black but the insecures, But the Insecures and the um, Atlanta's those are relatively soft gambles because the budgets are modest. Yeah. I, I mean, I let's see a large budget, you know, project with uh, people of color, you know, in front and behind the camera in big numbers. I'm, well, unfortunately, I'm just saying they're start. looking. There, there, there's a place where it, it, it has to begin. I mean, even with the, the, the yeah. softness, even with the soft numbers or however you want to call it, if these people, if they prove that their soft numbers right. wrong in numbers, then they get more yeah. off. And they are. I disagree with that. I think, um, like, girls trip, you're just going to see 50 girls trips. You're not going to see a black Valerian. You know, I mean, I'm just using, I'm talking about budget-wise. Yeah, well, um, I mean, well, history has just, just shown that my, um, African films aimed at African-Americans uh, have... Very, very, very low budgets, you know, for one reason well, or another. I don't, I don't know if we have the media. I, I don't know if we have the financial media infrastructure, right? We got money. The black community all over the world has money. We got billions of dollars. Uh, we have media. You know, we have our own media. It's just not at the level of Hollywood. Valerian w- yeah. was the... Biggest budgeted movie that's ever been made outside of Hollywood. And it's If they can fund an emoji movie, <laughs> they can fund something, you know, I mean, yeah, well, that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm going to put back it? on. I mean, you know, I mean, what can't you spend? Up until Black Panther, I think the film that had the largest budget with the African-American cast was, was The Preacher's Wife. And that was like, 50, oh. 60, 80 million dollars, something like that. Wow, that's a lot for that movie, Preacher's Wife. <laughs> yeah, that's that, was a, that was a that was in mid nineties dollars, you know. That's so we're looking at like a hundred and thirty, probably. I'll, I'll go, let me go check that just to be sure, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, that's that crazy. crazy. It was the Preacher's Wife, but you know what? You know what? That's uh, that's possible. Yeah, and even uh, even with that, with the preacher's about wife, movie, you're talking about ten million dollars. I mean, how much? Even, that? even with the preacher's wife, you got you still got to think about who the, the the people they were paying uh, in there. They were there, there, was, there was some big names in there. Yeah, Denzel and uh, Whitney Houston, right? Yeah, probably. Who was the uh, preacher's wife? 
uh, Whitney Houston and uh, Denzel Washington. Yeah. That's a great yeah. person. Remake of the original. Remake yeah. of the Cary Grant story. Yeah, the Bishop's Wife. Um, for, it was actually $48 million. That's still a mm. lot. Yeah. Yeah. A black movie in the 90s, that's a lot. And it actually did not, and it did not turn up much for profit. So. No. Yeah. yeah. I saw it. I saw it. I saw it. I own it. No, no. I mean, I, I know people are listening, probably either rolling their eyes or what have you. And I, you know, I'm I'm not the, the angry black man because I'm a man of a certain age. I've seen this before. Everything is cyclical. Eventually, the, the superhero films are going to that's going to flatline, and you know, they're looking for the next thing. Sure. And the next thing is not going to be girls' trip. It's, it's not that. That's just that's just a formula. That, you know what they what they, they Lowball the cost and, and give and get excellent returns, and it'll just fund more derivatives. They're not going to, you know, I mean, one you know? people might get an exclusive deal, but oh. you're not going to see 50 girl trips. In you know, two years. you know, Bison, I, 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 go oh, ahead, oh, I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just wanted to say on that, um, I, I agree with you almost to a certain extent. But uh, we can talk about The Hangover and think yeah. about what The Hangover did. I mean, I'm not. I mean, that's taking it to the extreme. So I, I just wanted to say that it. I don't want it to. I don't want it to be outside the total realm of possibility. Just you know, just to say there are there are exceptions. <laughs> but I, I agree with you. And, and 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 I think we all do. And and like I was saying, is it it's with uh, all these other things that's coming out the uh, again i think you called it low whatever you called it the the thing behind it is the fact that there are the black females the black male producers writers that are doing it and the more of them that that can that can get inside is what the, the issue is i mean hollywood is predominantly white you already know that so even with the like, low stuff like that hell. comes in that can make the money that hollywood sees there they'll open the door they'll open the door for money and the wider they open yeah, the door yeah i think you're both money. right toby I, I i think you're right in that everything's a process and i think vice is also right in that there's a cyclical no, uh, i agree with toby i agree pers- with him but personality Hey, does anybody who has Netflix? I have Netflix. Um, oh yeah, I have Netflix. You know when you watch one thing, I don't know <laughs> the algorithms or whatever, but like if I watch if I watch one black movie, you know, eventually they recommend a thousand black movies. You know when I sure. go on. Oh they yeah, they do. <laughs> and you know, mm-hmm. I'm I'm just throwing it up there that the films I've seen, if any budget was over a million dollars, I I don't see it. So I think there's, you know, there's there's enough writers and products out there. I just think there's no diversity in the films that we come out because I've I've known right. people I've diversity known, of idea. And, and you know this, you know people in the business in one way or another. You can have all the ideas in the world. At the end of the day, when you go for funding, they're gonna tell you what direction to go. Yeah, they're gonna, yeah. they're gonna always they're always gonna go to a profit. And in the yeah. African American community, it's going to be rom coms, Christian comedies, and hood films. And that's pretty yeah, much it. Yeah. I mean, 
Here, 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 for example, of the algorithms that you were talking about, Bison, because I liked the movie Rear Window, the X-Files movie from 19, from 2001. <laughs> There's an example. Mm. Oh, hey, God. Rear Window that... with Johnny Depp? No, 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 the X-Files film that was... Uh... The 2001 one that, like, resolved nothing, even though it said it would be, like, you know, yeah. massive revelations and all this stuff. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, saying, yeah. I'm saying... I'm saying, John, you like you watch the movie Rear Window. You like Rear Window. Yeah. That doesn't. That... Which one are you talking about? Yeah, because there's been the, several. I mean, there's the, the episode. Originals, there's the, the original one. Reason. No, the, the 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 one from the fifties. Yeah. The, the, uh, the yeah. one with uh, what's his name? Jared. Oh, Jared. James Stewart. You schmuck. Yeah, James Stewart. Thank you. I just had yeah. a fart. <laughs> The, the one that the, all, the only like that? one that matters. Come on. What, not the Christopher Reeves yeah. one. That's the one that doesn't matter. No. <laughs> hey, how do you, oh wait, how do you get Rear Window on Netflix in Canada? We don't get any Hitchcock movies down here. Because we got it on Hulu, probably. Fucking Hulu. Uh, um. All right. Wrap up. Make sure time. to sign up for it is, uh, Hulu. It is something that we. It is something that we talked about many times in the past. Damn it. Damn it, Hulu. I can't go Hitchcock White at 8 o'clock while Dave Savelle plays the piano. Hollywood, why, you know, it's Hollywood be, Hollywood be doing Hollywood. That's, that's what it is. Yep. Hollywood be but, but yet and still, like Toby said, there's, there's small steps forward. There's small games forward. You know, and, and even in that, even in that, the small steps forward, you know, sometimes those are missteps and you think it's going in the right direction. Case in point, uh, the, the, the controversy or, or the, you know, the debate over uh, uh, the new Death Note and the cast of Death Note, you know. Um, hey, you, you, you saw know. Slight, right? Huh? You saw Slight, right? I did see Slight. Do you, oh, yes. you think that was? Do you think that was a step yeah, forward from dope? Do you think that sort of moved it dope forward? I, I, not not production wise, but uh, concept wise, yes. Concept wise, it absolutely was a move um, uh, forward from dope. Dope was dope was awesome, and what you call him, the director took his little I don't know. Two and a half million dollars, maybe, and made that job look like it was a ten million dollar movie. Yep, ten fifteen million dollar movie. You know, one he of the best, one of the best movies I've seen in recent years. What movie? Yeah, dope, dope, dope. Oh, dope. Oh yeah, that's on Netflix. Um, Flight had a two hundred, two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget, and it looked like a five million dollar film. That's that you Blumhouse uh, production going on there. It's it's a Bloomhouse tilt. It's a, so they deal with micro micro budgets. Bloomhouse tilt deals with like really, really small budgets. Bloomhouse deals with like five million dollar budgets. So they they deal with micro budgets anyway. Well, Bloomhouse um, Bloomhouse is rolling in money in general. They made the most yeah. the most highly profitable film of all time. Yeah, well, Which they're one? the most profitable. Oh, they're also yeah, the most yeah. profitable. That's how they got yeah, yeah, the original. Yeah. Started. And... <laughs> Well, I mean, they're the original. Well, they're it's like the most thing. profitable st- state uh, studio in uh, recent history. Yeah, well, of course, if you made like. And ironically, you... uh, I, 
ironically, let's not forget that uh, Bloomhouse is partnering with uh, the WWE. Was it? WWE Studios. Yeah, Bloomhouse is partnering with them in making some of these films. So you got to wonder, you know, what they're dealing with with certain diversity. One thing I love about this culture is, I mean, maybe I'm in a stole fight, but this culture is pushing diversity in film more so than others, which I see. I mean, I may be wrong. I don't know. But um, I think um, Black Panther and Ava DuVernay's film, if both are very successful, may open some doors, at least for directors. And when, I guess, when Marvel 5 will come out, I mean, maybe we'll see, um, uh, you know, Monica, Monica Rambeau film. I know that's kind of, whatever. One quick, one quick. Right, I mean, if I get a next out. wave movie, I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one quick comment about Ava DuVernay's uh, uh, Wrinkle in Time. Uh, um, I didn't I was just, I, I, That's just the most anime the podcast, Oprah ever. <laughs> Oh yeah, that that's 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 Goku and uh, Goku Oprah. Um, Goku Oprah. <laughs> Goku Oprah with developer prisms. Yeah, no, it's absolutely Goku Oprah. Uh, you get a Dragon Ball. You get a Dragon Ball. You get a Dragon Ball. Everybody gets a Dragon Ball. Full confession. Full confession. Full confession. I blacked out my spot because I forgot my wife had my keys when she went to work. Um, and when I went to work, when I came home, I realized I didn't have my key. So I went to a theater, and I watched the beginning of Valerian again before a podcast. And they were showing trailers, and they showed the Wrinkle in Time trailer. Now, for for you guys out there that may not have observed this, next time you're at the theater and you're watching the trailers, make sure you get there early. Watch the reaction. Watch the conversation level of people after a trailer plays. And you'll be able to tell initially how popular that film will be, how many people want to see it. And right after the Wrinkle in Time trailer, people were talking like, oh man, blah, blah, blah. They're, you know, you can, you can recognize if a crowd is laughing at something, if they're mocking something, or if they're interested in something. And this was, you know, it was Valerian. So it's a mixed crowd, black, white, whatever. Um, and they were all talking about it. They were all talking the positive. You know, some people were like, oh, I think that was a book. Blah, blah. Some other people were like, oh, I read that. Oh, I can't wait, blah, blah, blah. And I didn't, I didn't, it was all positive. It's like positive sentiment. Yo, Geek, so I think I'm that shaking, movie. I'm shaking my head right now. You cracked me up, dude. I do that all the time. And every time we go to the movies together, what you do? Mr. Trellis. <laughs> I, do. I do. It it takes me getting locked out and locked out of my spot to make me go to a theater early enough to catch a trailer. But you know why I don't care about trailers? Because I've seen them all. <laughs> I mean, we've seen them all. I'm just saying the reaction of the people. <laughs> That's why I like going there. All right. All right. Let's uh. Do that, that voodoo that you do best. That's just a movie review, especially. Yeah. yeah. Um, I saw Atomic Blonde. What What do you guys think Atomic Blonde is about? 
Uh, it's a spy so, uh, movie Soul. set in the 90s. Soul. 80, 80, 80, oh, is it the 90s? 90s? I thought it was the 80s. Yeah. Like the late 80s. Uh, like, I'm going to say Soul. Eight, eight days before eight, the fall of the Berlin Wall. I'm going to say it again. Soul. Yep. They Soul. did a really bad job promoting what the movie was. For the longest time, oh, yeah. I thought it was like some post-apocalyptic thriller or something. I, I thought it was just like a female version of John Wick. Soul. Uh, sort of. Sort of. Bull Shadow. Hey. Shadow, did you see review? Well, first, she has to answer her question. She has to answer her question first. What? Did, did you really spend money to see the Emoji movie? No. Oh, okay, you can stay. I bow. We have to hang up like you right then and there. So you mute her damn I, I, was, I was tempted because it's been that kind of week, and I'm like, well, no, maybe, but I thought. No, it's never that kind of week to go see the movie. It's never that kind of week. Yeah, there's never a week that you want to see that movie. Three weeks ago before I saw that movie. Uh, Atomic Blonde was not solved. And no, it was it not, uh, and it was not a female John Wick. Was it? So it wasn't. So it wasn't Haywire. It was definitely not Haywire. Okay. Oh God, no! Uh, James Bond flick. Anyone? It was close. It was a more serious uh, James Bond flick. So it was the Living Daylights. Like, 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 like with Femme Nikita? No, <laughs> no. This was an actual, it started out kind of like all of those. It started out kind of like a James Bond flick with a little bit more, you know, the, the, the main character wasn't saying little witty remarks to villains and stuff. Um, it's, 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 well, she was kind of saying little stuff, but not necessarily witty, just like, just like, uh, you know, a, a, a kind, a kind of like very reserved type of spy or whatever. Uh, but then it turned into a real spy film, where John Maxenboy was a fellow spy that she was supposed to be connected with, in order to go to Germany in the eighties before the uh, Berlin Wall fell, and uh, retrieve a list of spies that worked for MI6. That was her job. That's her mission. That was a knock list? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, again, yeah, it's always that list. That, that, that's a that's a thing. That's the thing blur words. I was like, well that's cliche. You know, that's very cliche. Yeah, that was wasn't that the plot so, that was the, the plot list? line of the, the first Mission Impossible movie, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. the first Mission yeah. Impossible movie had a plot. <laughs> I know it was hard to follow, but there was one. Yep. I never yeah. knew that, and I've seen that movie probably like three or four times. That's <laughs> uh, funny. The list was a MacGuffin. The list really wasn't. It, it was just something to move the story forward. It really it always is. Forward. It was a MacGuffin in the Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, no, this was an actual spy movie where, you know, she got down to, once she got down to the nitty gritty, and once. That's uh, when it turned into a real spy film, and it turned it, it turned into a real spy film because towards the end it had kind of like little twists in the plot and stuff like that. 
I like the movie. I thought it was good. The fight scenes were better than I thought. The fight scenes took a minute. It, it felt like they had to get used to the choreography, but once they did, uh, that stuff got real. You know, she um, got real. <laughs> uh, you know, it's like when I watched it, I guess um, my problem was I went in there with some preconceived notions. Like you said, I was expecting some big action play. And so right. it just, I was seeing the movie seemed to drag. But after I watched it, it after I digested it, I, I you know, I ended up liking it better. But initially, yeah. I, I, I saw it with a friend of mine and we were just sitting there like, wow. Man, I'm, you know what, uh, wake me up, you know. But then after it, you know, I, I thought about the little twists and turns. You know, I I, 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 I gave it more credit than than um, right after I watched it. I think part of that has to do with the actual trailer. Um, it's really, it's a really misleading trailer. I mean, you think it's yeah, going to be like, oh, spy versus spy hijinks. You know, Kanye, the push mode mashup, yay! But when you see oh, yeah. the movie, you're like, this is some real deal, John Lecure kind of craziness. Like this is serious. Um, Girl, Girl yeah. I don't know what me, and, what you know, these new wave you've been listening to, but that wasn't Depeche Mode. That was New Order. You love, you love the what? <laughs> Never mind. Thank oh. you. So, and then, yeah, I'm getting the soundtrack. Um, uh, and, that, and I also like the the fight scenes. I mean, to me, that was more of the John Wick element because these were ugly fight scenes. It wasn't pretty, you know, choreographed, it, like, oh, it's so, like, ballet. This was, it was really ugly. It was but really it was different. ugly. It, it, it was different from John Wick because I felt like that John was more real. Than John Wick. Like, yeah. to, to me, John Wick never ugly. felt. <laughs> to me, John Wick never felt like he was going to die at any point. It just felt like he was going to get hurt more and more, and he just kept going. <laughs> With uh, Charlize Theron, I felt like she was going to die a couple times. Yeah, I've never then, had that expectation of her dying, though. So that's just something I did not expect Charlize to die at all. Much like well, I don't expect her to die, but when she was getting on the the walls and stuff, I was like, damn, Charlotte, dude, get up! Get up! Why you gotta be like that? Why you gotta be like that? Because she's a woman? No. No. Because of how she got because of how she got thrown against that wall. And how she threw them guys against the wall. And how and how this why I can't explain. How in, how in a one shot, right? A fight that was basically uh, uh, caught in one shot, no camera break, no editing, anything. She done got slammed here, slammed there. She she's fighting, she's punching dudes, stabbing them up. They're trying to stab her up, and she busts her head at some point, and there's like blood on the back of her head. And the shot hasn't broke yet. Like, the editing hasn't broke yet. And she's getting all bloodied up and stuff. I know it's movie magic, but <clears throat> she's getting all bloodied up and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, yo, she in trouble. She is in trouble. But then again, you know, a split second later, she pulls it out. 
that was amazing. I love that. It was like a whole, it was literally a five minute fight scene in one, you know, in one take. It was literally one take. It was beautifully choreographed with the, with the uh, actors and the camera. Can I ask Shadow Scout a question? Shadow, you there? Yeah, yeah. Well, did you go, are you a fan of Charlize Theron? Or are you a fan of the genre? Or this is just something that appeals to you? And the reason I'm asking is, um, you know, there's, there's attempts to get a action franchise launch with a female protagonist. So I just want to know um, what, what, um, what were your, what, what, why did you go see it? Or what, you know, was it the actor? Was it the lead? Was it the subject matter? What, what caused you to see this? Yeah, I have to say, Bison, um, the actors in this movie do nothing for me. James McAvoy, Charlize, I'm not a fan, but I like action movies. And I was also intrigued by the fact that this was an adaptation from a graphic novel, I think. So I'm always interested to see how that translates on screen. So it was more for the action and also to see how this will work as an adaptation. Um, that's did it work? Did it work? I mean, did it? I mean, did it satisfy you? I, I, I sound like you know a generic a hole asking, but I just want to know <laughs> what is it? I mean, satisfied? What's an Disappointed or not disappointed? <laughs> the reason the reason I'm asking, I want to. Um, I mean, a lot is sort of riding on this because the next one is going to be um, Proud Mary, with a you know female yeah, in, man. in a in in, in, in a, um, action film. So. Something tells me Atomic Blonde is going to underperform. But I just want to know, did it meet your expectations? It did. It did. And part of that is because, gosh, I mean, I wasn't expecting to, to like a Charlize movie. Yeah. But they really brought yeah. it with the action, and they really brought it with the story. I mean, it was a spy story at the heart of it. Yeah, I think yeah. they marketed yeah. it wrong. They yeah. Oh, like they've been doing a but, few but, years. But listen, <laughs> but listen, they couldn't. They could not market it in a way that would reveal what level of spy story it was. They had to say that. Well, I mean, I don't know. I, I think they could have did a better job. But I mean, again, I'm not. I'm not the the marketing guru, so you know. Well, they I, I don't know what they could have done, but I think they could have done a better job. It, it seems I think like that's one what, what a lot of movies are doing. They're, they're trying to gear it to a group, so they geared it to action people, like you know. Yeah. And if that's the case, then they they probably missed out on a, a lot of other quote unquote groups. But listen, like, everybody, yeah. er, everybody but uh, everybody but Eric. Thought that John Wick was going to be stupid. I didn't think it was going to be stupid. John Wick was pretty tight. Yeah, I did. Well, oh no, I, I wanted to see. It. <laughs> you didn't talk about like, well, yeah, we want. I kind of wanted to see. It was curious. But Eric definitely wanted to see. But Eric definitely. Yeah, yeah, we can't really count that. A shadow and blurred words. I want to ask you. Yes. Um, uh, and no spoilers, but did you did the ending surprise? Like it kind of caught me off guard. It kind of did surprise me. 
A, a little, a little. I mean, honestly, I didn't see that that level coming. I, I you know, I, I I'll just say it like that. I didn't see that that little that little that little piece. I didn't see that. I, I you know, honestly, I should have, but I didn't. So I'll, I'll give it that much credit. But again, I went in there with this, you know, this action movie, um, you know, in my mind, thinking that. And usually, I'm I'm pretty good about. You know, just just going to a movie, you know, seeing it for what it is. But for some reason, I went in there thinking that um, this was going to be um, there and, you know, just kicking people's butt. And although she kicked some butt, that's not what the, like, um, like she said, that was the heart of the movie. The heart of the movie was intrigue, you know, suspense and, um, you know, on, well, I don't want to say mystery, but just the spy game. You know, who do you trust? Who do you trust? Who's backstabbing you or whatever? You know, and when you when you go into it like that, it, it's almost a totally different movie. And <laughs> it is. like I said, if I would have if, if the trailer would have hit me like that, you know, there's Charlie staring. She's behind the wall. Can she can she get away? She doesn't know who to trust or whatever, whatever. And maybe, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think they could have just did better than just showing her. You know, in this action sequence where she's jumping out of a window, oh, she's jumping out of a window. Okay, so we're going to see some action. And the action was kind of far and in between. You know? Yeah, it was. There was, there was, was like all three that four good scenes. That was it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I also want to say um, shout out to Sophia Butella. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. Oh, my goodness. I feel she bad is, about the whole is, uh, thing. The mummy was regrettable, but yeah. she was fantastic in this too. Regrettable? That's Sophia amazing. Botella. <laughs> Sophia Botella is very hot. Yeah. And <laughs> we'll just we'll just leave it at that. Um, okay. I got uh, yeah, you know what I you know what I think of today? You know what I think of today? Um she would have maybe have been a, if they wanted a European actress. To be in Valerian, she might have been a good choice. Because I mm-hmm. think she knows how to play it cool. Like, uh, 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 Tara Delavadende, De whatever her name is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know that word. That's the American pronunciation. Yeah. That's the American pronunciation. <laughs> bastardized version. <laughs> you know, something, whatever her name is, you know. Oh. Yeah. She, um, I don't mean to make fun of your name, Tyra. I'm I'm sorry. I, I really forget how to pronounce it. Well, it, it's Tyra not, G. I mean, obviously, because has one too many G's, that doesn't help. Yeah, <laughs> I keep throwing I keep throwing like three B's in there, but yeah, it's got one too many G's. Anyway, I think Butella would have been pretty good in Valerian. I, I think she would have played it a little bit closer to what we felt with. Uh, <laughs> excuse me, with. Um, with uh, what do we call from back in the day? Um, Mil Djokovic from back in the day. But anyway, uh, what are you rating? Shadow, what are you rating? I'm giving this a four. Okay. Hmm? Come on! What's with the devil? What's with the, the sudden dramatic silence? You gave it a four. I'm always interrupting, so I, I wanted to make sure that everybody heard. So I was trying not to interrupt. 
Oops. Oh, <laughs> you, you want me to fail? Do you want me to fall down with a dramatic gasp? Wait, when you when you should have jumped in, you didn't. Well, you give it blood work. You know, uh, when I, you know, when the movie ended, I was thinking two point five. But once I stepped out of the theater. On the drive home, I thought about the flick. Um, I, yeah. I'd give it a three seven five. It it was it was better after I like I said after I let things digest. Thought about the intrigue. Uh, thought about the movie as a whole, as opposed to going in expecting you know something and then being disappointed. So yeah, it was it wasn't a bad flick. It was not. I would I I actually would almost you know what forget it. I would suggest it. I would just I'd, I'd say you know what. It's not a bad flick. You should see it if you like the spy game. And, yeah. you know, I'd leave it at that. Yeah. That's, so, that's three, basically three, seven, five, that's wrong. Yep. That's what I said, too. I, if, you, if you like the spy game, this is probably good. It's got more action than, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's got a little bit more to it than salt. <laughs> you know, it's got a little bit more to it than salt. I think it's got more meat than salt, but then, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's trying to be something funny. about, I, I think the action, <laughs> that was more of an action. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. I should have said that. I think it, it may have a bit more, I see, I don't want to say substance, but more, no, more for you to think about. Salt, salt yeah, was different, it, I think, but still had substance. But salt was the story. Okay. Salt was... Salt was a different story, right? It wasn't necessarily mm-hmm. a spy story. It was more like this spy. <clears throat> excuse me. It was more like this spy was being hunted. You know, mm-hmm. it was like that. It was like those movies when James Bond is being hunted and he's not doing the hunting, right? Whereas mm-hmm. uh, that's like what Salt was. But Atomic Blonde, she was doing the hunting, but didn't know all the predators in the jungle. Mm-hmm. You know, she was doing the hunting, but she didn't know who she had to watch out for. So Will there be a sequel? Uh, money-wise, I don't know. I don't know, Bison. It'd be nice to uh, see if there was a sequel. It, it it's got eighteen million dollars this this weekend. It it costs thirty million to make. So it's that probably well, will make it'll, another one. It'll make money. Yeah. It'll make yeah, money. I, yeah. I think it'll possible. I think it'll that'll end up in the black. I, I think so. I'd like to see her I'd in another see spot situation. It would be cool. I would, yeah. I would like to yeah, see her. Yeah, I'd go see it. Definitely. But listen, but listen, Sarah did good in uh uh, uh Furious Eight. She was that James Bond level villain in Series Eight, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm good. good for yeah. I'm I'm good for seeing that. So I give it a three point seven five. Also, it was a good movie. It's definitely a good movie. Good enough to watch. You know, not quite four because, like you say, started out kind of slow with Simran for a minute. They tried to get a little, little jokey in the beginning, you know, but. As the movie went on, it got more and more serious. Tell, tell, you know, <laughs> things really flipped. <clears throat> so, all right, what we got? Uh, yeah, it's about that time. Um, real quick, box office total, Dimbo. Yeah. Okay, box office for this weekend. Uh, 
it was an annoying horse race, but Dunkirk came out on top. Uh, Thank 20, God. 26.6 million. <laughs> uh, I don't even want to mention number two, but I'll mention yeah, it. Yeah, you have it's to. A pile of crap. Uh, the Emoji Movie, 24.5 million. It had no battle. Yeah. Number three, Girls Trip, uh, 19.6 million. Number four, right behind it, was Atomic Blonde with 18.2 million. Uh, no, Girls five. Trip, I think that's, I think that's, yeah, because they only made like 31, right? So that's almost. Yeah, it's it was 65 million. Like 65%. Yeah, 65 million, and uh, the budget was 19, so. Yeah, so they've easily, they're going to make a sequel, probably, or at least, you know, a similar no, I'm movie. I'm saying it's more thing. than our. You, it's more than the usual fifty percent decline. Uh, it's yeah. not more. It's less. less, 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 less. less. Yeah, yeah only thirty-seven percent. Oh, oddly enough, everything in the top seven didn't drop uh, over fifty percent. Yeah. 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 Can so I number five. Guys, Go ahead. Can I tell you guys before you move? I uh, <laughs> I asked my buddy um, if Girls Trip was still selling out. He said it sold out last night, Monday night. Which Damn. is unheard of. It sold out Monday. You know, and the sellouts are only happening uh, during, like, the prime, you know, the prime uh, uh, times that the movie is playing, like 7 yeah. o'clock. Yeah, yeah. 7 o'clock, not on a o'clock. Monday. <laughs> but it's rare when the movie sells out on a Monday. So, and it's just shows the, the, It's the summertime. Yeah. yeah. No, but people are starved for like movies, and there aren't any coming out. So that's part of the thing. Especially not this weekend. Yeah. Queen Latifah's in it. <laughs> yes, that that is a selling point for all of you know nobody. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I won't be watching. Hey, you think? Movies. <laughs> all right. Number five, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Actually, part of the like you know not over forty percent drop club. 13.2 million. It's up to 278 million. I mean, it's still a bit low, but probably, I mean, you know. That's going to be 300. Brand rebuilding takes time. Uh, number six, War for Planet of the Apes, 10.4 million. Number seven, Despicable Me 3, 7.5 million. That movie has not done well. Yeah, number eight, uh, it certainly has not done well for itself. Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets, 6.3 million. It's basically done in the U.S. at this point. You know it did release in Europe, right? Or it, it, it had not. It, it came out in France this week, and it did well in France. It flopped in Germany. Yeah. yeah. It still has, like, Japan and China. Yeah, but, but like China comes out uh, later in the month. Yeah, China comes out, I think, yeah. at the end of August, because they basically banned any foreign releases until the end of August. <laughs> Because it's China, and, you know, they play trick. They put, you know, whatever on their, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, number nine, go see it, because, you know, it's awesome. Baby Driver, 3.9 million. It's not related to the Boss Baby, so keep that in mind, please. It's actually good. <laughs> oh, yeah. And number 10, Wonder Woman, still holding on, and it looks like it could Bust uh, a record of its own uh, here. Three point three million. It's nearly at four hundred million. I mean, it's basically going to be the top grossing yeah. superhero movie for the year at this rate. It looks like. It, 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 it still not released. What was that? Didn't it still, didn't it still not released somewhere? I think there's one or two countries that still. Uh, Maybe China. 
China, I don't think it's going to get it released because it's God. It has to do with gods. So yeah, so it's probably yeah. a no-no for that. I don't think I don't no, but I don't think it was China. I think it was something smaller, but it was still enough. <laughs> oh, it might that, be Japan. Uh, it might be. It might not be out in Japan yet. Yeah, it's, it's not. No, Japan. It's not going to be Beauty uh, and the Beast, though. Probably. Oh yeah, nothing's touching Beauty and the Beast, probably. Except maybe Star Wars. No. But we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a short window that Star Wars has to beat it. No, they'll still top ten. They'll still give it the most. If Star Wars makes nine hundred million next year, they'll give it for this year anyway. It's a. Uh, mm. Uh, no, it did, oh, no, wait a minute, uh, Wonder Woman did release in China. Oh, okay. Yeah. Didn't expect it. Yeah. Opening, opening weekend, 37, and total gross as of, and is, this weekend is 90. Okay, so it's nah, doing it's pretty good little, over there. It's, it's some little right. country. It's a couple little countries. Yeah, you have Switzerland, Taiwan, Philippines, Indonesia, Hong Kong, that hasn't been released yet, yeah. and Belgium. Oh, shoot. So not uh, that many parts of it. Basically, what we did, it's got the ball. The ball yeah, basically, it got all the important places. So. Yeah. And it doesn't look like Japan is on this list either, so it probably hasn't released there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But yeah, one, that's one, your one, top one. ten. All right. That's what, that's what it is. Well, that's the way that's it is. <laughs> all right, let's take movie phone with all that. Ring a ding. Hello, you have selected this Mr. Fake Movie Phone. Mr. Movie Phone? <laughs> Whatever. First, <laughs> first, the Flop Tower. Next, Kidnap. Then, Columbus. Kidnap. 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 The Ghoul. It's not yet dark. Job Harry met Sedjal. No, it's not a remake of that movie. I looked it up. <laughs> Next, Lichen. Some freaks step into the Wind River, which is next to Detroit. A simple creature. And that is your movies. That was a bad segue, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so... Kidnap is basically taken, but with Halle Berry, so no, and Halle a younger Berry. kid. No, it's Halle Berry on the other side of that uh, movie she was in. Was it Call? Oh, Call. Oh, yeah. Call. Yeah, so call. yeah. So now it's taken, but with black people. So. Yeah, we need I, to see more movies like that. I have no. I, don't know. I, don't know I mean, like the like I saw it and I was like, this looks embarrassing for everybody involved. Like, I have no. Like, she cannot act intense. Like, that's what I felt like in this whole trailer. It's like, she'd be okay probably without this kid. <laughs> I have no hope for the Dark Tower. I really don't. Is he called in? Oh. Well, I mean, in that, she at least seemed semi-intense for somebody she's never met. But in this one, for is her she own kid, she didn't seem that or, intense. Is she more intense or less intense than Catwoman? She's more. Do not bring up Catwoman uh. ever again. <laughs> ever again. <laughs> I, I I'm just the only thing that it. was intense was that outfit. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. I was trying to get yeah. away from her. <laughs> I'm just looking at the reviews and like everybody's like, no one is excited to see Dark Tower. It's amazing how it's uh, a chore movie. I I'm am. not like I have zero I desire am. to see it. I am excited for it. I'm going You're going to see it. You want? I'm going to see it. I expect a five star review. Yeah, I'm going to see it. 
I like gun plays. Yep. I like westerns. Wait, wait, wait. What, what are you going to see? Dark oh, Towers. Dark Tower. Okay. Yep. Yep. I will be there. I'm there with you. Oh, well, yeah, like I, I don't know. Ever since I've started watching, reading the, the expansion uh, books and then watching the series, I'm kind of like leery towards watch, watching uh, book adaptations now. Whatever. It's mm. like every book adaptation that though. At least, like, I mean, the only thing Dark Terror has it going for it, it's possibly like, you know, the actual true finale, which I'm yeah. sure probably upsets all the book readers out there. Yeah, a lot of. A lot of people just want the book, and they're not getting it. It's like some weird mashup of, like, various plot points, but not actually an adaptation of anything. Well, you know, because it's the final cycle. It's the one we never saw in the books, because, like, you know, screw you, buddy. You know, I didn't even like the idea of a cycle at all. I always, I just skip over the last chapter, just, because even Stephen King says, don't read the last chapter. Just just end the book. Right where Ah, that's terrible. uh, Shadow, are you going to see Dark Tower? Now! <laughs> uh, <laughs> for a split second, I was like, wait, 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 wait. Shadow? Uh, first of all, I was muted, by the way. I don't know who that was thinking they were Shadow, oh, but no. Um, uh, yes, <laughs> I, I am going to go see the doctor. And actually, I was front row uh, listening to Stephen King last year at the National Book Festival. My experience is up on the blog, and he was really excited for this, which is a rarity for him to say, because he's usually pretty grumpy about most of the films. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. There you have it, people. Yeah. She's going to see it. I wonder if Stephen King will do his, like, you know, his <laughs> before Stan Lee made it cool cameo. <laughs> no, not this one. Stephen King can't have a cameo because he's actually in this book. He actually has his own self insert. Oh God! He pulled a uh, he pulled an M Night on this on himself in this one. <laughs> yeah, actually, no yeah, like one of the plot, one, literally in. one of the plot points. I think it's in like song that says, uh, was it song of Susanna or the the final book uh, where they have to literally prevent uh, Roland has to prevent the uh, Stephen King from getting hit by the truck that actually hit him in real life. Ha! 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 Wow! The last that, that... three books are awful. That series went so far down. I mean, he held like a serious grudge against that truck. I think he bought it so he could destroy it. Yeah, he did. Wow. <laughs> I would do that. Huh. That's funny. All oh, right. Oh, God. It's been late. Let's wrap it up. Yes. Thank please. you all for listening. Interesting discussion. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. I, I think Atomic Bomb's definitely going to be a sleeper. And uh, have a nice yes. little cult following. Everyone will be like, falling asleep. I, I would think like the <laughs> <laughs> So check it out if you get a chance. And check it out. Uh, I watched uh, two things on Netflix. Friends in College, which was okay. It has a key in it from Key and Peele. And you are Fred Savage and a few others. It was okay. I, I, I still would put Master None above it as far as the uh, comedy show. You know, mm-hmm. comedy drama show. Um, and I saw the new, uh, what is it, The Incredible Jessica Jane. That was okay, too. That was pretty funny. That's you know, what was it? You being kind on that one. Yeah, that, yeah, what was the show called? Because, 
the incredible Jessica James. It didn't it, it didn't feel like anything new to me. That's the only problem. Oh, it, it, sounds didn't, exactly it didn't really like touch on anything. Though. The title himself like sounds like a, the title sounds exactly like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. Yeah. There's a good film on Netflix called I Caught Him Morgan. It was a, it's a documentary film about um, jazz trumpeter Lee Morgan. Mm. Um, it just oh. came out, shot in black and white. Um, something different. Um, I don't know if any jazz heads or documentary documentary fans are on here, but um, he was killed while playing by his wife in nineteen in, in a in a club. So it sort of wow. a relationship. Wow. Wow. So it's, something, it's something different. Dang. So how many yeah. side pieces did he have Bison. where he got that? <laughs> I was gonna say Bison uh, to, to look at something else different with uh, a black female uh, protagonist. I forget the names in it, but it's something like Lana and Tracy Lana. Something like that. It's not Lana. It's, it's some other name, but it's like Dangerous. You know, it's like it's like Tracy and Laura rob a train. There's two two little sisters. Yeah. And they literally yeah. rob a train to, to make a to make ends meet. You know, to to make a desperate situation work out. It's oh, entertaining. It's Deidre and Lainey rob a train. Deidre and Deidre and Deidre and Lainey rob a train. There you go. Okay. It's cute. It's cute, and it's it's not... But, it, you know, it, it's still... It's a little bit for adults, because I think it's got some language in there or whatever. <laughs> but something different. Uh, Jessica James was... It was okay. You know, it was good. It just wasn't different. So, you know, if you want to, you check it out. Uh, all right, that's it. That's it. Let's get out of here. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Really appreciate it. Um, sorry for waiting in the beginning. But, uh, well, with the edit, it'll seem like the same show as always. Uh, but, drop my phone. Um, you can find us. You can find us on social media. MDOG957, Lee underscore she, Howard Toby, Illuminous, Jonathan J. Stone Zero. Real Lord Dalek, Phil Reekin underscore Uno, Sharia uh, 22, that's our silent wonder, and Archie Mana, a.k.a. Shout Scout. Uh, you can find us all on Twitter. Uh, did I say Howard Toby? I think I did. Yes, you did. If not, Howard Toby. <laughs> Again. <laughs> you, can also, you can also find Bison for Life on there. You want some critical thinking and blurred words. Both great. Uh, to follow for their own, uh, you know, for their own different content that they put up. Blur Words does a great job of of uh, showing these dads out here what it's like to be a good dad and a black nerd at the same time. And uh, Bison is always putting something up that will uh, enlighten and educate uh, the brothers and sisters out there alike and the allies alike. So check them out and. Uh, you know, I mentioned Universal FanCon coming next year. Go to UniversalFanCon.com and uh, get your tickets. Coming in April next year, it's going to be going to be nice. A lot of people there, black girl nerds, and uh, the black geeks, and assortment of other individuals 
are putting it together. So check that out. And uh, shout out to Lisa Dean, aka Chilltown TV, yeah. for inviting to host uh, Blur Dating this past uh, this past Monday, yesterday. It was fun as always. Yes, check out the yes, hashtag was. Blur Dating. <laughs> it was good. Always good. All right, that's it. Um, you hit us. It's on blogeeswoolbird.com. Got that. Got that. Don't hate button. What? Yeah. Uh, Jealous. That was really. That don't hate button. That's right. Hit the don't hate button. Are you doing that intentionally now just to piss me off? Maybe. <laughs> or go to patreon.com slash geeksoulbrother help us out there and uh, you can know, find show in iTunes and Stitcher or come find us live on talkshoe.com just do a search for uh, geeksoulbrother and Murray Benham you'll find us and that's it you guys take care hope you enjoyed the show tell a friend because I know if you're a nerd and a geek and you've got other friends that are nerds and geeks, and they probably love to listen to it if you did, if you loved it. So tell a friend about the show, and we'll talk to y'all later. Peace. Peace out, yo. Love you. Later. Yeah. I, I swear to God, only the gunslinger and the wastelands are the good books.